0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to PM School, an educational platform for women entrepreneurs aspiring to start, scale, and exit epic businesses. I'm your host, Steph Caldwell, businesswoman by day, personal development author, founder, and investor by PM. Come with me each episode as we go behind the scenes with epic entrepreneurs and with the epic experts who support them along their way so grab your glass of wine grab your biz bestie because it is about to get real are you ready pull up your seat because class is in session Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of PM School Podcast, where I actually co-host this episode with Lauren Tierney, the host of the Life Snacks podcast. Shout out, Lauren. You're amazing. We love you here at PM School. Um, today, we sit down with Jamie Schmidt, who is an entrepreneur and the founder of Schmidt's Naturals, which she started in her kitchen in Portland, Oregon, back in 2010, be for ultimately selling to CPG giant Unilever and continuing as the brand's founder and spokesperson. So Jamie is totally epic. She has not only done the incredible things that she's done with Schmidt's Naturals, but she is the co-founder of Color Capital, an investment fund specializing in Web3 and consumer goods. She's the author of Supermaker, Crafting Business on Your Own Terms, a personalized guide on how to put your business on the map and turn your passion into profit. And she serves as a mentor on Going Public, a new original series debuting on entrepreneur and media that allows viewers to invest in IPOs. And all of this is so amazing. How did we find her? Well, she recently launched BFF, which is a brand aimed at helping women get educated, connected, and financially rewarded in crypto. She also created a company called Crypto Packaged Goods, a community and NFT project bridging the consumer packaged goods industry with emerging opportunities in Web three. She is, like I said, totally epic, completely unbelievable, and a fountain of knowledge so sit back relax and enjoy the ride we are talking to jamie schmidt about all things crypto web 3 and what this means to you let's get into it jamie it's so awesome to meet you and can't wait to dig into this conversation we were thinking we could start here Tell us about your entry point into Web3 and crypto. You come from CPG, but somehow you're here now and such a name and a pillar for women. What was your initial impression of how the space uh, of the space and, and of course how has that evolved?
1: Yeah, just a little context of, of who I am. You know, I, I started the brand Schmitz Naturals um, as an artist, maker, creator, um, and then never anticipated scaling it, you know, to the size that it became, but over seven years um, grew it to. Um, what I like to call a household name. I had an acquisition by Unilever. Um, and then after that, you know, had had some more time on my hands and, and some more resources. And um, once I discovered Web3 and the NFT craze early last year, you know, that's when I really... Um, my interest was piqued, and I realized you know there was there was more to be done with you know Jamie Schmidt as, a, as an entrepreneur and a brand builder. Um, so one of the first things I did was start um, crypto packaged goods. That's another NFT project that I had started um, alongside my husband and business partner Chris Cantino. Um, together, we had grown Schmidt's and had you know gained so much knowledge in the CPG space and wanted a way to um, you know sort of bring bridge bring excuse me bridge that community between Web three and consumer. Um, so Crypto Packaged Goods was a NFT project that spun out of our bigger project called Club CPG. Um, Club CPG was started on Clubhouse more as just conversations with thought leaders and people playing in that space. And so um, I'm all over the place here, but long story (laughs) short, you know, that... That then led to me building um, BFF, which I'm sort of most known for today. Um, that's an initiative started alongside my co-founder, um, Britt Morin. Our goal there was to bring in more women and non-binary people into Web3. Uh, we saw an opportunity for education, community building, um, and access and just thought, you know, hey, let's join Voices and make this happen. So it's been a wild journey. You know, I, I'm really passionate about um, the consumer space with Web3, but also really passionate about a level playing field. So it's all, those are the two kind of pillars of where I play in web three.
0: Yeah. And maybe just like a follow-up there. So by day, Lauren and I both work in tech. Um, and by night we of course host our, our podcasts. Um, but by day I actually work in CPG data. I work with the MNA teams at companies like Unilever as they identify companies like Schmitz using our data to, um, d- drive those, those investments. Uh one of the things that I think Lauren and I are specifically super curious about, just because we love consumer, is the intersection of consumer and web three. And so maybe share a little bit about like the aha moment for you that there was a connection point there.
1: Yeah, I so web three is is definitely the future, right? There's no there's no going back. It's certainly like here to stay and it's proven itself in a lot of ways. And so um, from a brand standpoint, you know, it made sense to, to start thinking about that. Like, how can that play into marketing strategy? What does that mean for brands? What does it mean for customers? Um, and so I saw this opportunity with um, Crypto Packaged Goods, this, this community that I had built um, to, to sort of uncover those opportunities. Like, what did that really mean? Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, sort of how brands can can leverage this this new this new internet. Um, and I can get into those specifics if you want, um, but another cool thing about, um, you know, this, this community that we have built is that there's a consultancy that has come out of it as well, because we saw there were so many brand founders in CPG who were struggling to make sense of it and to understand how it could really, you know, plug into their overall vision for their business. And so we we're working on a consultancy to help, um, you know, step in and direct some of those founders.
2: I have to ask because you seem very sure which I agree with that web3 is the future which it is but were you ever hesitant and was there moments like when you first started hearing about web3 and NFTs or you were like is that an expensive jpeg like what's going on here yeah. and I'd love to know was there a moment where you like fell down the rabbit hole so to speak you just like were like okay I'm biting like what is this this is it I'm so into this space
1: yeah, I'm definitely a skeptic. Like, it takes me a little bit longer to jump into things, but I also am really excited about trends and what's new and what's hot. And so, you know, balancing those two sides of myself. Um, my first NFT was purchased from the World of Women collection, and that was um, early last year. You know, I had been watching the space, but just sort of, you know, not really resonating with anything and, um, and had plans to, to jump in once the, the right project came out. And, and, you know, soon enough, World of Women um, was born and I had so much fun building my first NFT, um, buying that and I still have it today. Um, but that was really what got me, you know, I, I had the hands-on experience of going on OpenSea, you know, building my, my perfect character and sort of going through that process of putting money in my wallet and making the transaction. Um, and so having gone through that, I realized, you know, this is, this is actually fun. Um, there's also, you know, huge financial opportunity, of course, a lot of risks that go along with it too. Um, but after, you know, using that, or, or I guess plugging in from a, consumer standpoint in terms of, um, you know, an NFT buyer, that's when I start thinking bigger picture, like, what what does this mean for brands? And sort of, um, I'm always thinking in terms of business and entrepreneurship and, you know, how can, um, companies leverage this too. Mm -hmm.
2: Do you think that in our future, then all brands will have NFTs involved in them somehow or play in web three and how, like, what are your predictions for how that's going to evolve?
1: I don't think it's necessarily the right path for every brand, and I think that's where it gets tricky because it's so tempting to jump in and say, "I want to be a part of this," and let you know, let's let's start an NFT project. And um, but I, you know, I caution brands against doing it without a lot of forethought. You know, I, I really think it's important to understand what your vision is, like why why are you doing this, and what value can you gain from it. What what, what will your customers' reaction be? Um, So it's not something you want to, you know, jump into lightly. And we're so early and so new that it's, we do, we do have time. And I think, you know, with um, consultancies like what Club CPG is offering and others, you know, you can do it in a mindful way or you're, you know, actually putting some thought into it and making sure you're not just kind of jumping in without really knowing what you're doing.
0: What are those like main reasons why you guys see, would, would advise brands, right. To Mm -hmm. jump into this space. One of the things that Lauren and I have talked about is like, customer loyalty, right? Like to feel kind of this ownership, and the, the journey of a brand feels really good to us, but you've spent so much time thinking about this. Like what are the reasons why you advise brands to jump in?
1: You know, the cost to acquire customers right now is is high and then we're losing, you know, effectiveness with some of the more traditional strategies that we relied on before. Um, so it's certainly like a, it's a way to onboard new customers and bring awareness to the brand, but also reward existing customers, you know, for their loyalty and their contributions. Um, And a couple of ways I see that really working is with, um, I I love the idea of like a focus group, right? So if you're a token holder for, you know, a brand's NFT project, you have access to things like um, consumer insights and giving feedback on early products and um, just really being part of the brand and almost like, bringing on more and more sort of co-owners and co-founders. I think that that's super exciting, especially for some of these earlier indie brands that could be really cool. Um, And then of course you can unlock opportunities like event access, right? Um, I also think there's an opportunity with art, you know, some of these, some of the NFTs of course are just going to be more basic tokens that unlock access. But if you want to get creative and kind of lean into the artistic side of it too, I think there's an opportunity for some really cool um, branding stuff that could happen there too. Mm,
0: I'm not, Customer acquisition stuff just because it is like it's so expensive and I look Mm -hmm. like our marketing spend in my own business and I'm like oh my god like this is how much Um, how do you see NFTs or or Web three like playing a part in in pulling those numbers back down to something that's more like agreeable or or does?
1: I think you're probably tapping into a customer base that maybe. You overlooked before that was unaware of your brand, um, but it has to be done in a way that you know catches attention. And so, whether that's really great art or really significant rewards for the customers, uh, I think it's just one play in sort of a bigger marketing strategy.
2: What brands then do you see like doing it right? Like that are more Mm -hmm. consumer brands that have jumped into this space? Cause I think we're seeing a lot of people launching projects and kind of not thinking about it, like you said. So what brands do you think have been most intentional thus far?
1: Some of the the heritage brands that have plugged in have done it, um, I would say, you know, with with some forethought. Um, I I do want to call attention to like the liquid death drop. Were you guys aware of that? I know um, Liquid
2: Death, but I honestly yeah. didn't know they had an NFT project. Do yeah, they? so it's a, it's a canned water. Yeah, um, it looks so, like alcohol, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got like a
1: fun sort mm-hmm. of um, aesthetic. And they so a lot of their promotion around their brand has been, you know, it's environmentally friendly, it's a smarter choice in terms of, um, you know, sustainability. Um, and I love that, and I think, and their their project was really cool and done really well. They had this art that was just a great reflection of you know who they are as a brand. Just really interesting imagery, and I think on that side of it, they they totally pulled it off. And I think um, it was just a cool way to, to bring awareness to the brand and to um, to tie in some rewards for customers. But they're also at the same time, there you know there was some pushback. Um, Customers who are, were really strong on the environmental front felt, you know, they, they, there's this narrative that, you know, NFTs are not good for the environment and, it, you know, it's justified in thinking that. And so um, there was some pushback there. And so I think, you know, while we might see success on some sides of projects, then there's this other side of it that's maybe not seen as so successful. So I still think we're just so early in getting it right. And I think the biggest takeaway is that it's not going to please everybody, right? Like even if some people see it as successful and, you know, there's going to be another side of that, that's just like, no, this, you know, I don't support this or I don't want anything to do with this brand now. And so it's, it's risky, but also very opportunistic. So it's definitely very tricky. Mm.
0: Tell us maybe switching gears a little bit. Tell us about the advent of the VFF um, collaboration with Brit and what you guys are trying to do within that community.
1: Yeah. So Britt and I have both been, you know, long supporters of opportunity for women. Um, and this was just sort of a logical next step for us, both as entrepreneurs and proponents of, you know, a level playing field. Um, so our goal there was, you know, first we think the education piece is, is so, so important, right? Like that is why a lot of people are not jumping into Web3 or crypto because they don't understand it or they feel... The information that's out there is just sort of out of reach or doesn't resonate with them for whatever reason. Um, and we thought there'd be a way to make it you know, more tangible and, and sort of build community around that at the same time. So we started this with our event BFF Minted. Um, this was in late January. Our goal was to bring together um, thought leaders across Web3 and people who um, could just help educate and sort of break it down on a digestible um, level for for some of these newcomers. We had 20,000 people sign up for the event within a week, which was crazy and just justification that what we were doing, you know, was needed. Um, 5,000 people attended and the response has just been so incredible. People that, you know, finally felt like they could understand it or um, maybe saw opportunity to, to really, you know, plug into the Web3 space where before they were more skeptical. Um, and then as part of that, we airdropped um, NFTs to everybody that attended the event. Um, we wanted them to have their first NFT in their wallet um, to just experience that and know what it was like. And then we decided to, to tag on you know, additional rewards and benefits um, tied to that NFT. And so now people that hold this NFT will have access to this upcoming collection that's minting um, on April 21st. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll probably have already minted. And, um, and so there's just been this whole learning process from everybody who attended the event up until receiving their first NFT airdrop.
2: And then from there, being able to mint another NFT, um, from, from that original drop. The BFF community is so powerful and one that Steph and I have been just so excited to be a part of from the start. It was actually my first NFT. So (laughs) (laughs) very exciting. Um, but there's 70 plus, I believe, founding female members that are big names like Gwyneth Paltrow, Mila Kunis, all these women. Like, how did you all come together and really align on this project? What was that process like, and what is the greater mission that all these women kind of bring to the project?
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Every person that we've spoken to about BFF, you know, whether it was a casual encounter or you know more of a serious pitch was just like, I want in on this. I totally believe in what you're doing. I think this mission is so needed and this sounds like a really cool way to be involved. And so I'm in, you know, so it wasn't hard to get their support. And um, and it, the, the really interesting thing about it too, is that a lot of the women in this, you know, we call them founding BFF team um, are coming in at different levels of their own crypto knowledge. So some are a little more experienced and, you know, further along in their journey, others are really new and just gonna help, you know, learn alongside us. And we thought that was, key to have some diversity there because we, you know, that's what the community looks like, right? So some of these women bring this audience who's very, very new, literally learning, you know, with us. Um, and also there's a lot of, uh, you know, diversity across their expertise and their industries and their experience, which were valuable to us, um, not just for our community, but in terms of our operations
2: too. You talked about the bracelets, unlocking some things, mm-hmm. and I want you to dive into that a little bit, because I think some of our listeners might not really get it. still. like they think, well, why am I buying this NFT? Can you talk about the utility behind the bracelets and kind of just the utility of NFTs in general? Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, So if you're, if you're a holder of a, of a BFF bracelet, you will have access to things that, you know, other members in the community might, might not have. So for example, if we host um, an event, we're actually planning BFF Con for for next year, which is going to be a huge um, in real life event. Um, so as a bracelet holder, you'll unlock certain things, whether it's you know discounted or free access. Um, maybe it's the ability to bring a friend at no cost, or it's being part of an exclusive party that we host there. So these details are all being worked out. Also, um, access to these founding BFFs that we talked about. Um, we'll have one-on-ones, group chats with some of these women. So as a bracelet holder, you'll be able to um, to tap into that. Um, and then also the other perks, discounts, services, and just early access to things like other NFT drops that we have coming and um, so the utility is, you know, for those who don't know, it really just means like the, the value or the usefulness of an NFT. Um, and there's a lot of conversation around utility right now and how, um, you know, for some people, the utility is just the art, right? that's a beautiful NFT and that's all they need or it's just fun to collect and that's utility in itself. For others, it might be some of these more tangible sort of benefits that I laid out. Um, And so with BFF bracelets, you know, there's there's a lot of utility built in. But then we also have this this new PFP collection, too, um, with different utility. And some of it overlaps with the bracelets, others very unique. And so, um, you know, it's our goal to make sure that the utility for each NFT is, um, you know, unique enough that people want to hold on to both and gain value.
0: Jamie, my guess is there's probably some women that are gonna listen to this that this might be the first time they're hearing about NFTs mm-hmm. or Web3 or projects. And I know the reason why Lauren and I are so excited about it is because we see this like massive opportunity to level the playing field and for women to kind of participate in this crazy innovation that's happening, right? All in real time. For for you, because you're so knowledgeable in this space, like Could you like give a plug for web three or crypto or like NFTs? Like why should women be listening to this conversation? Why now?
1: I mean, to be blunt, you know the, the earning opportunity is significant, and I think it's only um, you know responsible to to be aware of the opportunity there, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to go in and start buying a ton of NFTs and that you're automatically going to be rich, right? It's it's more about educating yourself on what those opportunities are, um, and they extend beyond NFTs, right? This the whole decentralized uh, approach to business and um, the creator economy, and just there's just so much potential for people who are starting from nothing. I like to say that it's, you know, we're, we're starting with, we're starting from a more equal playing field and we're building towards a more equal playing field. And I think that's been really cool to see is just some of the people popping up in web three who might not have, you know, a history of tons of business success or nobody knows who they are, but they're starting these projects or plugging into opportunities um, that just didn't exist before. And it's, it's really cool to see. I
0: completely agree with that. And I think for the listeners, like there's a pretty like substantial like disparity between like men participating in the space and women participating right. in the space. One of the things that really, again, resonate with Lauren and I with the BFF project is it's like this welcome committee for women that are like, I have no clue what I'm interested <laughs> getting in um, and you guys make it really accessible. Talk a little bit about like some of the educational stuff that you guys have planned in the BFF mm-hmm. community for women that are, are just like dipping a toe in.
1: Yeah, I th- you know, we we're there to cover just the, the basics, right? So whether that's just understanding what some of the terminology means, or um, maybe it's setting up your wallet for the first time. What does it mean to buy cryptocurrency? How do we do that? What what risks do we need to be aware of? Um, and so it's it's a range. You know, we want to make sure we're covering the most sort of entry level things, but also keeping up with. trends because it changes every day. Like what do people need to know today? (laughs) Um and then a bit about you know the future opportunities too. So our Discord is just is a beautiful place for people to jump in and ask questions. And we have a lot of moderators in there who are always available and excited to help. And um you know the feedback I've been getting about the Discord is that you know people really feel welcome. They don't feel you know Shame to ask something that other people Mm -hmm. might, you know, potentially laugh at or that, you know, and so it's, that's been the goal from day one is just a welcome safe space. And I'm proud to say, you know, we've been able to maintain that.
2: You talked about how things are changing every day, which is something Steph and I definitely resonate with. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much FOMO in this space to the point where sometimes I'm like, I can't keep up with all the discords. Like I, I, like I was traveling for work last week and I'm like, Steph, did I miss the mint for that one? You know, it's, it moves so quickly. So how have you kind of handled that as you play in this space? Because I imagine everyone deals with that FOMO in the space and like, it's not healthy to stay up all night till 3 a.m. watching the Discord. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. And I'd say, like, even, you know, for me now, it's even more intense because I'm a project creator, but then also yeah. trying to keep up from the investment side and knowing, like, just that it's okay to miss something, right? Yeah. Um, and that our like mental health and our physical health and our families and friends are just like just as important more important right than than always knowing what's happening in the space. So what I think has helped is just having you know one or two trusted communities that you check in on regularly. Um, you know maybe there's like for example my club CPG group is, is more intimate there's only about 250 people in there um, and there's just a lot of conversation happening but we do things like we'll pin what's important it's in it's in telegram so if there's something that we think everybody should see it's pinned at the top but it's easy to go through those pins and see mm-hmm. uh, we start sending out an email summary every night of the you know, important stuff to know but I think it's just knowing Which communities or which projects you want to follow up on and just stay focused on those and let the rest go when you need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In building BFF versus building Smitch Naturals, like, do you Mm -hmm. see a lot of intersection in the two, or what has been your biggest learning curve when you're building in Web3?
1: Yeah, I think about that a lot. Like I definitely learned a ton as an entrepreneur building Schmitz. Um, that has been helpful for me, you know, for sure with BFF, but there's there's also differences. And I don't think success in web two always translates to success in web three because there's different factors, um, but there's some consistencies across, you know, what, is, what does constitute success, right? It's a, it's a happy and productive team, you know, team building is a big part of any project or, or business, whether it's web two or web three. Um, the financial side is important, you know, being mindful of, you know, knowing how to manage your money, what what funds you need and what to do with the, m- the money once you do have it. Um, and leadership, you know, that's something that is consistent, you know, across both. And um, so I think, you know, I do value that experience that I had as an entrepreneur. And I think if I started BFF without it, I think there'd be a lot more to learn. <laughs>
0: have you found so obviously like building the right team to bring these things to life is like so critical to the success of a project but also the success of a business have you found it is easier or harder to team build mm-hmm. in web like i can imagine there's probably like a million people running you know running to support but also like there's a finite amount of resources that actually
1: know how to support in yeah. this space. it's interesting cuz there's no playbooks either right like we're, we're all so new to this so it's like And no one has like a resume that's like, you know, shows their success. in a three or whatever. I think I would probably say it's been a little easier though, because there's so many people who are so enthusiastic about the opportunities and they're just ready to to dig in and plug into a project that makes sense to them. Um, So most of our hires have come from people reaching out and whether it's a DM or through other communities and just saying, I love what you're doing. Like, here's how I want to help. And, you know, sometimes they say the right thing. And we're like, yes, we need you. Let's do this. And so the hiring process has been a lot quicker. Um, you know, we're not digging through like a bunch of resumes ever sent through LinkedIn or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot new, a lot of new opportunity that's opened up career wise for people with Web3.
0: Mm. Um, maybe without getting overly technical, because this could become a technical conversation. It's like <laughs> in web three, this concept of DAOs, right? These decentralized organizations that kind of come together to collectively support and move a project forward. And then there's mm-hmm. like the, you know, I guess like legacy version of business, right? Which is like a typical business structure where there's leadership and there's vision and there's execution of that. Did mm-hmm. you guys talk about that at all when you were founding BFF? And if so, to share share on that.
1: Yeah. So BFF is not a DAO just for clarity. Um, It's something, you know, that could happen down the road, Um, but it's, it is, it's owned by just Brit and me right now. It's not community owned, but if we had a token one day, you know, it could be, Um, but still like, despite the fact that, you know, it's only the two of us that own it. It's still, we still see it as a decentralized organization, um, which means we want input from everybody in the community. We want it from, you know, our almost hundred founding BFFs, like everybody's input matters. And that's truly what's driving the decisions behind the business. Um, so I think, you know, regardless of whether you're a DAO or not, you still have to have a very decentralized approach to your thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. And sorry, one, one more follow-up question. This uh-huh. is pretty tactical actually, but I think Lauren and I are really curious about there is a lot of like celebrities entering the space and like celebrities kind of showing various projects and participating in various projects. How do those, Collaborations come about, and like maybe to the extent that you could share on it, like what are the mechanics of those relationships? Like why why is there so much participation um, in communities like BFF as well as in others?
1: I think if a celebrity, well, for one, like celebrities want to be relevant, right? <laughs> they, want, they want to show that they're they're, fun, they're cool and that they're doing what the, you know everybody else is doing, and so I think for them, like you know, it makes sense to find that project that. That they're proud to stand behind um there's probably of course some paid you know partnerships too like that's definitely happening um, with bff you know i mentioned before with the founding team it's those that all came through conversations that we had there the BFFs are not the founding bfs are not paid um they're just you know putting their name on a project that they believe in and so they you know they have tokens they got a, a bracelet nft airdrop to them um but besides that it's just they thought yes this makes sense for me and it's something i'm proud to stand behind
2: To that point, I think so many people have really strong views on Web3. Mm -hmm. Like I personally know there's certain rooms that I still feel uncomfortable bringing it up because you don't know how it's gonna be received. And Steph and I talk about this a lot. Why do you think this is like kind of a polarizing topic for some? And why do you think some people have such strong views on Web3, NFTs, Mm -hmm. all the things in this space?
1: I think people are skeptical of things they don't understand or they get defensive. Like if you don't know so much about something, you just get defensive and you write it off and you just think it's, you know, it's dumb or it's not important. Um, So it goes back to the education again. You know, I think the more we know and there's, you know, there's different parts of Web3 that might resonate more with somebody than other parts of it. So once the person, the skeptic, you know, understands how it impacts their personal life and how, it might make sense to them, you know, on a, on a in their own individual way. Then I think it becomes a little easier. I recently introduced my dad. Uh, I, I to be honest, I didn't tell him about BFF for months because I didn't know how to tell him, and I was like, I don't. It's
2: you will not like, explain a, it almost like no, it's like, like I, don't I don't know how to get into this.
1: <laughs> and I wanted to do it in person. He lives in Michigan. I'm in California, and I went back for spring break, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have the conversation. And like, he's 73, and you know, he's never invested in the stock market, so like, it's, it's just it was so outside of his normal like thinking um but i got into it and he like he was really intrigued uh, you know of course because his daughter's in it but but i think he had just understood how cool it was that, like that you could just create these things like out of nothing you know so i explained the bff bracelets and their upcoming collection he bought a bracelet so he's been watching you know the it was just like proof that like anybody can be turned on to it if it just you know is approached in the right way
2: Mm -hmm. It's kind of like everything else in this world, right? Like people are hesitant to change, but if you strike a chord with something they can like click with, I think they get it. Like I've explained it to a lot of my friends, like think about it as a ticket into an event, a community access. Like some people really, I think struggle with the art piece, but I've found like explaining utility to be super valuable.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I'm still working on my 12 year old son. He's like, (laughs) he's like, I think it's the reason he's skeptical is because mom and dad think it's cool. And so it's just like, <laughs> this, cannot, this cannot be a good thing, right? Because you guys are talking about it all the time. And so I've been like have making him listen to some podcasts and things, and he's just, we'll get there. But I'm like, this is your opportunity to
2: get, be ahead of the game. Be the I cool feel like kids yeah. get it with like video games, like the yeah. skins. And yeah. I know um, the founder of the Mavion, which Steph and I also both own that she was talking about her son going into the Louis Vuitton store and being like, so you have like this color. And if I buy it, like I can wear it in the video game. And he was like thinking ahead of his time because it it doesn't actually work like that yet. Um, but it just shows that like, I think younger people that play video games, like they do place a lot of value on digital items. Totally. And
1: he definitely plays video games. I think I need to lean into that more (laughs) than the NFT art because he just struggles but he also like goes into a museum and is sometimes just like, that's art, you know, because like, so he's just he's a little bit of a snob because he thinks he's an artist. And so we got to open up his mind to, like, <laughs> to other ways. But yeah, it'll be fun. It's a good it's a fun challenge for me. We'll get there.
0: <laughs> this is a fun question just to explore while we're on this topic. So there's obviously like so many different implications of web three and all of these like converging technologies, whether you like this space because you're into gaming or you like this space because you're into art or you like this space because you're into community. Um, if you were to like, just, I don't know, project out 10 years, 20 years, we wake up and we're we're sitting back on a podcast, like yeah. what's like something that feels pie in the sky right now that you actually see this world totally unlocking and being completely epic.
1: I hear, I heard this the other day on a podcast and I've been thinking about it just like things like your medical records, like somebody used the example, you go to the doctor and you fill out this form, like a new doctor, right? And you're like answering your medical history and your prescriptions, and your surgeries and all this. And you're like, why am I doing like, I've done this a hundred times before, like you should have this information. And so like just being able to have that in a centralized place, I think is really interesting. It just makes sense. So I like the more practical use that like, you know, everybody can benefit from.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that totally shocked me when I first started like participating in NFTs and getting like, so you get in the Discord channel, you like connect your wallet to the Discord. So it knows that you're like a verified person within a community. Mm -hmm. And then because you're like pre-verified, like just doing more stuff is way easier, like getting on another list or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Wow, like it's kind of like when you authenticate to your email address and then you're like logged into your Google and yeah. then you're around the world and it's just easier to interact with everything. To totally. me, I'm like, huh, like this is really neat and I wonder how it'll play out. Medical records is like such a good example because yeah. I hate telling my doctor,
1: like, yeah, we talked about this six months ago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: On the blockchain, buddy, go look at it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like your social security number. You know, you put that on like everything that's important and it like pulls through all this stuff about you. Like, I actually don't really know what it, you know, anywho, but it's like, it makes so much sense. Like, why is that not all, like, all my information on this one place? Like, I think that makes a lot of sense, like, in the future to yeah. how we're going to maybe like log into our. Instagram or like other apps using our wallets and like connect right. with people.
1: And one of the examples we used in our minted event was like, you have friends on one platform and like, can that transfer over to them, you know, automatically populating as friends on this other platform and just little things like that. That just makes sense.
0: Yeah. One yeah. of the things, I mean, we would like be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't chat about it literally as we're talking about medical records and social security numbers. It's like security. <laughs> well, um, yeah. yeah. So, Case in point, I got hopped in a discord and of course, didn't have my DMS turned off because I DM somebody for support on something and then got like a random yeah. notification and followed it to a fake site. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, thank God I'm aware enough to realize that this is dangerous. But how do you guys, Jamie, like talk about or think about or advocate for security in this like totally wild west space?
1: Just constant reminders like BFF will never DM you. <laughs> And just like, yeah, we have, we've done Twitter threads on and we talk about it in the discord all the time, just about things to look out for. And even the most like seasoned people who have been doing it forever can still get scammed. Right. And some things you just can't prevent, but like the majority, you know, the things that you can prevent, like let's, you know,
2: work our hardest to make sure that we're doing that. Do you think it's important that everyone has like a physical wallet, like a ledger?
1: Um, I think like if you start buying assets that, you know, really starting to get up there in value, it makes sense. Um, I I think it's smart practice for sure. I don't, you know, not everybody wants to go through the effort to to pay for it and to find one, but like, it's not, it's not hard, right? Ledger is easy to get a hold of. And, um, so yeah, it's just another
2: level of security. On that topic, I struggle with this and maybe Steph and I talk about this a lot. A lot of different NFT projects or like buying different tokens, like you need different wallets. And then I'm like sending money to my different wallets. And I'm like, where is all my stuff? Um, How do you manage your many wallets? And like, how do you think about having different wallets? Or like, are are you strict on like pulling everything into one wallet? Do you have your assets spread across a few wallets? Like, I'm just interested in how you think about that.
1: I personally, with my NFTs, I keep them in one, um, aside from the ledger. Um, but, but on a greater level with my, in my family investments, like my husband and I have more wallets where we maintain certain things and Mm. it's part of our sort of more strategic investment portfolio. Um, yeah, I like, I'm a, I'm a fan of MetaMask for my day-to-day stuff.
0: I literally got my ledger in the mail yesterday, and oh, need to set it up this weekend. And I'm like, "Oh Lord, are we step? We're stepping in."
1: <laughs> yeah, we're working. We're, I'm talking to Ledger about like a potential BFF partnership. or are it like bring the Ledger's like BFF Ledger.
2: That you cute. Hear
1: from me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's like everything still feels so scary in the space, oh, and wow. I feel like as there's mass adoption in the space and more people on board, like hopefully it will get easier. I don't know if you feel this way, but like when I send my ETH anywhere, I'm like waiting, like, is it there? Is it there? Like it's, it feels so scary that like you send it and it's gone forever. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, even with my ledger, like you're, you're like pressing your buttons and you're like, okay, all right. Did you get the ETH? Like, this is like my boyfriend sending me ETH the other yeah. day for an NFT. But I feel like do you see this space like becoming a little bit more mainstream or do you think it will always have that factor to it?
1: I think it's just breaking old patterns and habits like right now with the bank it's just a middleman right like how is that more secure like it's, mm. it lets you up for more things to go wrong really and so I think it's just over time people will start to understand like that it you know this is the new way and that that it's actually it is safe and you know everything's traceable and
2: yeah, but
1: everything anything new is just is feels weird, right?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. a really interesting take. I I like that that banks it's actually less secure.
0: Yeah. When you were first embarking on your journey into Web three, did you have a mentor? And and maybe if you didn't, then like what do you wish somebody would have told you when you got started in this yeah. space?
1: I didn't have a mentor, but just surrounding myself with people that were interested. Like my husband's a big. Fan of you know, Web3 and NFTs, and then you know my um, Club CPG group, like everybody in there is an enthusiast. So I'm always on top of like the, the next big thing and sort of learning. And um, in terms of like what I wish I knew, I think I don't, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is just like you have to know for yourself what is, what is important, right? Like do you like for example like buying into some of these communities with a higher price tag? Like do you, is that what value are you getting from that? Or maybe you, you'd rather put that money towards the NFTs because you like the, the fun of collecting, right? It's just, I think the, the biggest thing is just like that everybody's approach or journey into Web3 is so personal and that there's no right way. And that, you know, as much as you, like the D Y O R, right? Like do your own research is just, I think is just the answer.
2: In your network of people talking about Web3 and all the incredible women you're connected to, what is the next big thing people are talking about? Like, tell us what you're all thinking about now.
1: Mm-hmm. For BFF specifically, like, we're, Brit and I are really thinking long-term, like what can we, like we have a big powerful community of people who are just excited to, to be together and like what, where can we plug that energy in and do something huge, right? And so we're thinking about things, right? Like, um, you know, there's the potential for the Dow and sort of like, I think a lot about like the, that effort to buy the constitution. Like what if a bunch of women came together and could buy something, you know, even more substantial. And so just, our minds are spinning constantly about the opportunity and the way we could reward our community.
0: We, we love that um, and community is such a big part of, I think like what fascinated us about the BFF group is just, Lauren and I felt a little bit like basement dwellers until we found each other. Like we were yeah. talking about you know, crypto in very small rooms. And People yeah. also talked about it. And then I think one day she was like, Hey, like you should listen to this podcast episode. And I was like, wait, you're into crypto. She's like, you're into crypto. I'm like, what? This that's is awesome. what- <laughs> it's kind of like we found this like-minded community in BFF, um, which reminds me that like community is everything. And like, I think one of the things that's so special about what we're building here is like, to your point, we're starting from a level playing field, hopefully building towards a level playing field where like women collaborating and not competing is like, the essence of web three. Who have you connected with through your journey that you want to give a shout out to just because they're Epic and and you adore them.
1: Yeah. So BFF is always looking to partner with other women's communities. Um, We do a lot of these on Twitter. We do these um, women we're watching series where we, if we see like a sort of newer up and coming project, that's led by women, like we want to bring more awareness to them. And so That's always really fun for us. So I'm just totally inspired by everybody. (laughs) Um, I have to stop myself. sometimes. Like I keep promoting. So 1989 Sisters is probably one of my favorite NFT collections I'm always talking about. I think like the art is just so incredible and the artist herself is just really inspiring. And so I'm I'm literally just like inspired constantly. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. The bigger that BFF gets, the more we can bring these other projects up alongside us. And so I'm, I'm super stoked about that.
2: I love that. I feel like I've found some of my favorite projects in the BFF discord, like wow. people just talking about it. And yeah. I think that's so powerful about the space. Cause I don't feel like people are competing as much as they're kind of sharing in each other's success and lifting each other up with them.
1: Right. hundred percent. Yeah. It's not, it's not competitive. Like it's like, I think the more awareness that we're bringing to each other only helps the overall vision and the mission. <laughs>
2: Jimmy, one of our closing questions we want to ask you is, can you share either one prediction or just like hot take unpopular opinion about the Web3 space? Oh,
1: um, okay. I think, I'm not sure how unpopular this is, but it could be from again for, amongst some. I think that within like a year or so, we will see 50% participation from women. Like now it's just so, so low, but we're, we are climbing. And I think it will get to a point where, where it's when it's 50 50 it's not going to be shocking like right like we're not going to say oh my gosh how like really we're 50 percent contributors. is more like yeah of course we are right yeah
2: yeah i love that prediction yeah. I'm, I'm all for that prediction <laughs> let's do it i hope that, that prediction comes yeah. true yeah, let's, do let's make that prediction happen
0: <laughs> is there a project other than it sounds like 1989 that you totally yeah.
1: know that you want to shill right now
2: Ooh, um
1: I I love them all. I know I'm world of women just put out their new roadmap. Boss beauties is announcing a new roadmap next week. And so I'm always watching some of these more well-known projects and always just super inspired. I think like these, these are the pioneers, right. In this movement. And so like, we'll
2: always just be like a fangirl of those. I love that. Well, Jamie, <laughs> yeah. it was incredible talking to you. I think given I's like first nft community we've ever become a part of was bff this was just a conversation we feel so lucky and excited to have so thank you so much for joining us i
1: enjoyed it thank you
2: thank you so much for
0: being here if you loved this podcast and i truly hope you did make sure you're subscribed so you'll be the first to know every time we drop new episodes and if you haven't already head over to pmschoolpod.com and subscribe to our newsletter so we can keep you in the loop as we release new PM School resources, invites to events and trips abroad. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a review because it really makes an impact on our ability to book epic guests and keep this mission in motion. Last but certainly not least, if you feel so moved, take a picture of yourself wherever you're listening. And tell us what your biggest takeaways are by tagging us on Instagram at PM School Podcast. All right, until next time, go be epic. We see you, we support you. Cheers.